Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org lost. Did you know that Delaware has endless discoveries? The first state invites you to explore miles of beaches and boardwalks, dozens of unique breweries, award-winning restaurants, some of the country's best state parks, beautiful garden estates, and even tax-free shopping. There's plenty of fun for the entire family and more. Find trip ideas and all the info you need to plan your Delaware discoveries at visitdelaware.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another episode of Modern Manners Guy's Quick and Dirty Tips for a More Polite Life. In a previous episode entitled Three Rules for Proper Business Travel, I discussed all the ways our mannerly minds are challenged due to the erratic obstacles we face when traveling for work. In that episode, I touched only briefly on air travel. However, as I recently completed a cross-country trip with four flights in less than four days, I figured revisiting airline etiquette was incredibly necessary. Unless you own a private jet, flying for work is never fun. It's just not. It doesn't matter what airline it is or the distance of your flight, nothing can prepare you for what happens around you when it comes to air travel. While you're already stressed and filled to the brim with anxiety, your emotions are amplified by having to worry about deadlines, meetings, delays, email, etc. that come with traveling for work. Can anyone sense my pain yet? Still, despite the discomforts of flying for work, we must keep our spirits high and our manners intact. Well, to the best of our abilities, at least. So, before you get into an all-out battle royale with the people in your row over whose armrest is whose, check out my three rules for proper business air travel. Rule number one, know your armrest. Let's jump right into it and start with the first topic of debate. What is proper armrest etiquette? Well, folks, luckily for you, I've cornered the market on this long-standing dispute to pronounce with a certified and scientifically proven method to handle how an armrest should be divided. Before I crack the code, let's illustrate how a normal armrest situation goes down. After all, with good science, we need to first make an observation. Take my recent trip. I observed a person next to me treating their seat like a royal throne. Okay, this person is clearly a colossal schmuck, so now we have to pose a question. Do I tolerate this problem and sacrifice my own comfort for theirs? My hypothesis is that I absolutely will say something, and I did, but by following the next step in the scientific process of making a prediction based on that hypothesis, I predict 99.9% of people will allow their bodies to cramp up rather than speak up. To that point, I offer you two options to properly battle the armrest issue. First, as I did, you can speak up. It wasn't hard, and I gave no thought to upsetting Sir Selfish, Keeper of the Armrest, and their insanely disgusting-smelling trail mix. Seriously, it, it was awful. I know it's not fun, but politely ask if the person can adjust their elbows either up or down the armrest to allow you some more room. This is by far the most reasonable of all requests on an airplane. For one, 
they don't own both armrests, nor do they qualify to command all the real estate an armrest offers. Simply say, excuse me, but do you mind if I just place my elbow right here? I can place mine here so we both can have room. Trust me, nine times out of ten, they will say yes. Worst case, they say yes and then give you an obnoxious side eye. But who cares at that point? Sure, they're being rude and immature, but you can't expect too much wiggle room from someone who clearly decided early on they were going to hog the armrest without a care for others. Secondly, as I mentioned earlier, we have the Modern Manners Guy official armrest system, which can be plainly described as the one-up, one-down method, also known in the scientific community as the OUODM, trademark pending. This technique is the most direct way to handle an armrest debate once and for all. Here you go. Let's say you're sitting on the right side of the plane, going from the aisle in. Your left elbow is up at the top of the armrest, and the right elbow is at the bottom of the right armrest. By using or starting this pattern, it's like an easy game of Tetris where all the pieces fit in perfectly together, and now everyone wins. With that, the final step in the scientific process is to report your results. So please, let me know how this goes with you. When you visit a state as big and diverse as Texas, there are a million different trips you can take. Let's say you've got an appetite for whitewater kayaking. You can get your own. So this is why they call it Devil's River. Trip to Texas. Or maybe you have an actual appetite. I'll take a pound of brisket, six ribs, uh, three links of sausage, and a, a piece of pecan pie. Trip to Texas. Go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. What makes a carnival cruise fun? That's up to you. Maybe it's a ride on boat, a roller coaster at sea, or a deep tissue massage at the spa. Creole-inspired cuisine at Emerald's Bistro to laid-back bites at Guy's Burger Joint. Excursions that take you from jungle adventures to beach days at Mahogany Bay and sunsets from the top deck. Long story short, no one does fun like carnival. Carnival. Choose fun. Ships Registry, Bahamas, Panama. Rule number two. Remember, you're a brand ambassador. As the wonderful rapper Ice Cube once said, you gotta check yourself before you wreck yourself. And I, for one, hate wrecking myself. I use that phrase to point out that when you travel for work, you don't have the luxury of being incognito like you would while traveling with your friends or family. When you fly for business, you have to think like a brand ambassador or social media influencer who gets paid to wear a fashion brand shirt. If that person did something rude while wearing that garment, the brand is ultimately tied to the action by default. Trust me, your boss surely does not want you to become the main character in a Twitter rant with your company tagged in the picture because your backpack proudly showed it. Even if you're not wearing branded gear, you don't want to find yourself in a sticky situation where they get your name, look you up, and find out that XYZ Company is the proud employer of someone who just cut in line for elderly people and little kids. With the brand ambassador mindset, you have to be on your A-game at all times and be a little more buttoned up with your demeanor. Now, 
I'm not trying to say that you must don a finely creased outfit with a freshly blown out hairdo or wear your date night shoes. Yet, you do have to treat your trip, paid for by the company, mind you, as a major part of your job and thus an extension of your workday. Whether you're going right into a meeting or to a hotel, you should still look the part of someone representing your company because there are always eyes on you and you never know who is watching. With that in mind, if you usually throw down two vodka tonics to ease your nerves, don't do it here, not on this trip. This is a virgin drink or coffee kind of flight only. Or if you're someone who likes to snore so loud the pilot will double check for turbulence, you can't do this on a work flight. Yes, of course, you can sleep, but be a little more mindful of those around you and avoid having drool drip down your face like a melted ice cream cone on a hot summer day. Gross. Rule number three, don't bring your desk with you. First, before anyone gets on me about this topic, I don't want to sound hypocritical by saying you shouldn't turn your seat into a workstation while on a trip. I always bring my computer with me, but I stay within the limitations of that 15-inch of seat room I get to call my own. However, if you're someone who likes to use three screens, five plugs, and a headset looking like a professional gamer during a regular workday, a plane ride is not the place for that style of work. I don't care what you do or what your deadline is, but your airplane seat is the only place you get to call your office. Kind of like your own micro-cubicle. You don't get to use the other person's tray table just because they aren't, and you can't be upset if you're on the aisle and someone asks you to get up to use the restroom. You don't own the row. As I mentioned, I was traveling for work and a colleague of mine said that she had a guy next to her who had a laptop, an iPad, and a yellow legal pad filled with notes. I'd like to give this guy the benefit of the doubt and hope that he's never been on a plane before, but sadly this wasn't his first rodeo. My friend said the minute they were allowed to use their tray table, he set up his one-man band of an office like something Inspector Gadget would pull out of his briefcase. He kept flipping the pages of his legal pad over into her seat area like he was giving a testimony in court. She said he did apologize, but it was muffled at best and it happened more than once, which was not a mistake. She then said that he asked if he could place his iPad on the corner of her tray table because her computer wasn't taking up the entire tray. Man, this guy is awful. Thankfully, she said she was going to need her entire space, which was the proper thing to do. My mannerly friends, a tray table is hardly a table for one, let alone something to accommodate two. If someone needs more room, then they should have booked two seats. It's not your job to adjust your area for their needs. When you're doing work on a plane, the proper thing to do is work within the skimpy parameters of the airline offerings, which we all have to cope with. Even if you work up a sweat from how many times you have to go back and forth into your bag to take things in and out, that's just part of the work trip process. Okay, here's a quick bonus time. Here's two things that came up during my work trip that I wanted to point out and help properly settle once and for all. Number one, yes. You can always ask a person who is sleeping in any seat if they can get up so you can get by. No one is the gatekeeper of the row just because they secured an aisle, nor should you feel obligated to hold it for the entire flight until you land. Folks, when you gotta go, you gotta go. Don't be nervous about asking. Number two, yes, you can lean your seat back. Your seat is made to go back for a good reason, and I trust the FAA has done plenty of research to determine what is the most appropriate angle a seat can recline. The only recommendation I ask is to move the seat back slowly, 
rather than one quick jolt that makes the person behind you get a lap full of stale snacks and watered-down soda. So, if you can't handle properly flying the friendly skies, then stick to driving, where you can eat, drink coffee, be merry, and be as rude as you like. Cheers. All right, everyone. Let me know what you think. I know you have had topics about this before. I know it's happened to you, so please send them my way. Manners at quickanddirtytips.com. Modern Manners Guy is a Quick and Dirty Tips podcast. Thanks to the awesome team at Quick and Dirty Tips, Adam Cecil, Morgan Christensen, Holly Hutchins, Davina Tomlin, and my rock star producer, Dan Firebrand. Our intern is Cameron Lacey, and I'm your host, Richie Freeman. If you have a question for me, like I said, drop me a voicemail or email, manners at quickanddirtytips.com. For more information about the show, visit quickanddirtytips.com or check out the show notes in your podcast app. Thanks so much for joining me, folks. Take care. When it comes to family vacations, there are a million different trips you can take. You can get your own trip to Texas. Or if you prefer a vacation from your family, you can always get your own leave the kids with grandma trip to Texas. So go to TravelTexas.com slash get your own for the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Introducing Celebration Key, your key to paradise. Unlock Carnival's all-new exclusive destination at Grand Bahama, where you can dive into clear lagoons, try all the water sports, or unwind on a mile-long, pristine beach with breathtaking sunset views. This vacation paradise has it all. Celebration Key, welcoming guests in summer 2025. Carnival, choose fun. Copyright 2024 Carnival Corporation, all rights reserved. Ships Registry, the Bahamas and Panama.